Good day, kind of sound radio is... Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Hi, kind of sounders. Uh, it's a kind of tribute and it's time to acknowledge one of our presenters, a recent addition to our crew and... Uh, Interesting man, to say the least. Um, born 10th of March, 1988 in Lancaster, UK. Don't tell people that, Hugh. Come on. <laughs> you, don't, you don't give those trade secrets away. <laughs> I'm going to keep it quiet who he is, but he's had biker parents who enjoyed the good life. They were leather. They were greasers, or I used to call them greasers, on the edge of Hell's Angels. Um, had a good life and lived a free life. And they produced a child genius, more than one. Um, uh, a young man expelled from primary school and in his own words he was sectioned he considers himself as sectioned because of his behaviour or his, uh, his uh, the, 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 ch the child version of being sectioned yeah so basically putting him uh, psychiatric institutions uh, and the man really is pleasant. no less than Luke Scott so welcome Luke a pleasure a pleasure yeah and we've got with him his, his wife Mia joining later who's going to be taking over the, the latter part of the uh, the hosting and my first phase is uh, talking uh, with Luke and uh, and his guests about his early years up to his his mature years if he ever became mature uh, he'll know the answer to that one uh, he's got an aspiration for having his, his six children he's got his first now uh, I think he's, he's uh, oh, been a babysitter you've got a babysitter there for what's the name of your first one Luke uh, our daughter's called Nura, N-U-R-A. It means divine light in Arabic. I thought that would be something special, mate. He's going to have your elements of genius, I'm sure. The first part of this show is always tribute, and we've got Adi in Bulgaria in Stob, my good friend in the mountains of Stob. Are you there, Adi, in Bulgaria? Adi, Adi, yes. Adi. Hello. Hello. You can even see me. I don't Hello. have my crystal ball with me today. And you got, well, you got a wig on. If you, is that a wig? No, that's my own hair, I'm afraid. Yeah, that's how I look on a Sunday. It's going to be over to you to give uh, an uh, astrological analysis of, of Luke, please, before um, we let Luke take over his, inform, his, his infant years. So please tell us about Luke and the stars. Oh my gosh, I have to disappoint you because there is no logic. <laughs> there is no logic in that. But uh, Luke, you're born on 10th of March under the sun sign of the pieces, uh, the fish. Uh, so your symbol is actually fish. Um, there is though something very interesting with you because the date that you're born suggests that your number is number one, your personal number. But then uh, your gen general life path number is number three. So there is that tricky moment here, uh, which suggests, first of all, singularity, and second of all, duality. Because uh, all these signs, Libra, Fish, and Gemini, they are the signs of duality. So as you know, very few fish, fishes in the sea, they swim alone. So the fish uh, normally swims, you know, in a big, uh, how do you say that in English? A school. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, but you, the the nature, your nature is uh, one of a kind. So you sometimes prefer to swim alone. You pre prefer to show the way, and this comes from your number one. You're a, a personal, personal, personal number of your date of birth. But then there, there is that thing that when you swim, you like to swim on the edge. And that comes from your general path number, which is number three. Uh, you like to live on the edge almost. You like to explore. You like to be inventive and very creative. And you definitely don't like criticism. You don't like to be criticized because you have that internal feel that what you know is exactly the correct thing for some future events, not only in your life, but in the life of the people that surround you. In general, uh, you're always ready to help the less fortunate pe people that you see around you. In general, that comes absolutely natural to you. Uh, what else I wanted to say? Uh, yeah, also, you don't like restraint. You like to feel free like the, the fish in the sea, you know? You, you, you don't like borders. You don't like to be, you know, put in frames. I don't know if, if that's the, the correct expression, <laughs> but I think, yeah, that's the feel that you have. And it comes uh, also from the fact that in the Chinese horoscope, you sign is uh, the dragon. So sometimes that fearsome, feel comes in, inside of you and you are absolutely generally born to lead other people around you if that makes any sense so on the other side you have the element of water which is very good because the water can bring the balance to the fire that your dragon brings so there are those moments when you feel the fire is coming up, but there is generally something that happens that calms down the things, and that's the water element in your sign. And um, I think by knowing your date of birth, I kind of revealed a lot of things about you, even I don't know you very well. I don't know how you feel about that. How do you feel about that, Luke? Yeah, I really like the part about um, thinking about how fish swim and, and needing to be free and not have boundaries. And uh, that, that's definitely me and no restraints. I, I, it's a big pet peeve of mine when people try and tell me I can't do something. It just kind of inspires me to want to do it even more, I'm sure. Let us know, everyone who's who's listening in, if that, that sounds like you as well. But yeah, and um, and the the leader piece it's always been always been a big thing. I just felt like I was here to make a new way, it's the, the way that the planet is, and the the way things have been for so long. It just doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't feel right. And so yeah, I'm on this path to to change that absolutely. And. I used to uh, I used to pretend to be this really extroverted character who would be like the life of the party and just be like crazy, crazy, crazy all the time. But uh, really, I I do enjoy both. I, I really love just softness and gentleness and uh, hugs and and just being vulnerable and and having that space to do that in groups and also to do that alone. So I think you you got it spot on. Thank you. 
Thanks, Addy. Thank you very much, Stob. Really appreciate that. <laughs> see, see you next time, mate. So you can go whenever you want. If you want to stay there and participate, then please, please, uh, please remain. Um, okay. You've got an amazing childhood. You've got amazing teenage years. And you've got an amazing life now. So uh, let's start with those those infant years when um, you learned to read at three, and um, your yeah, your parents, and obviously. They did spend time with you as a child to teach you reading skills and your years at school. You had a fascinating journey through the younger years. And maybe you want to share that with us, uh, Luke, and just the ups and downs of that. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was really blessed to um, have parents that wanted me to be successful. And I think it was really important for them that I was educated. And so they, they would teach me from a very young age to like do my ABCs. And um, they got in trouble when I went to, to preschool because I already knew my ABCs and, and that's what the teachers want you to, to learn. So it was, um, it was quite wonderful actually to um, have my parents care about that so much. You know, it gave me a really good start in life. I started loving reading and I was just this, this knowledge uh, obsessed kid I just loved studying and learning and and growth and and that's never stopped really uh, when you look at people's highest values learning and growth are right up there for me it's something that is I just feel if I'm if I'm not expanding in some way I just don't feel confident. third worst town to live in in the UK in 2003 <laughs> and um it's it's gone better since then, but it was there wasn't a lot to do, and so I I started doing um, quite silly things. I would fight a lot. I got in a lot of trouble, and I actually got expelled from from primary school because the the education system wasn't really set up for an outlier. Or oh, me as me as somebody who was uh, very keen to learn and very intelligent, and the school system they they weren't equipped because they didn't have enough teachers. They didn't have enough skills I guess and so they they labeled me a troublemaker and I, I just started living into that and I yeah by the time I was 10 I got expelled and and my my mom and and the teachers they decided the best thing to do was to send me to a psychiatric institution mm-hmm. and so I spent six weeks in this, this psychiatric institution with very sick kids you know schizophrenic people bulimic people self-harmers you know those kind of those kind of people and it was a it was a really awful time for me this feeling of you know my family abandoning me sending me away and just uh, it caused a big wound I, I'm a I, I'm a healer I help people heal these kind of wounds and it caused this big abandonment wound you know feeling like even my own family didn't want me and I know now as an adult having spoke to my parents that wasn't the case at all they just literally didn't know how to help me uh, there's so many kids, aren't there, right now, who are special, mm-hmm. who have these skills, gifts, abilities, and we label them ADHD or troublemakers, or we yeah. give them drugs, and we, you know we, we try and dumb them down or numb them out. And I really, I'm on this mission to reform the education system. I hope we can make yeah. a system that supports yeah. these outliers. Yeah, that's exactly what we're about with kind of education, the poor schooling loop. So we're aligned with you there. Um, but you're, you're, did that influence you into being a? a teenage drug dealer and an entrepreneurial dealer at that. Is that a big influence in, in, in steering in that direction? Were your parents an influence in that? How did you um, get into that? And t- t- Tell that story. Well, everybody in my school pretty much was drinking and partying from the age of like 14. 
uh, I um, like sex and alcohol started very very young in our school, and so it was just it was just a normal thing for people to do, and so it wasn't really that out there. If you if you wanted to be a part of the peer group, then you pretty much drank and did drugs. It was just a quite normal thing, and. Um, I, I had lots of friends who were able to supply that. And so it just became an easy thing to do. People would ask me and I would supply it. It was, it was basic entrepreneurship, uh, stocks and buying and selling and making it. And, uh, it was in my school, in my friend group, it was the normalest thing ever to to be in that but there's a very dark side to to being involved in that you know a lot of gangs and uh violence and you're taking such huge risks you know, to make a few hundred or a few thousand pounds you're taking such huge risks you know you can literally spend the rest of your life in prison and um it's just not worth it boys it's, it's the trapping because when you're in that kind of place that that small town you know it's not a lot going on these the, these avenues seem like a good way to make a quick book and, and we know it's not right and that's why again the education system it's it all is hand in hand if you look in america you know the places that have the lowest levels of education have the highest levels of drug use and drug abuse right and it's, these, these kind of go hand in hand and um i i cannot say that I, I didn't have a good time. I had the best time. I had the most wonderful experiences <laughs> traveling uh, to Ibiza with my friends and um, festivals. And it was, it was really, really wonderful. But there, um, you don't really think about the consequences of these things when, you, when you're doing it because you're just really in it. You were quite good at it though, Luke, weren't you? You were very good at it. You weren't just an ordinary... <laughs> You weren't. You were exceptional at being a bit mischievous. <laughs> well, I'm a I'm a rule rule bender, a rule breaker here. So if uh, I, I I like to push boundaries and try things that are edgy, exactly exactly like Addy said. And, and this living on that that kind of edge is exciting, isn't it? Well, I'm jealous of you. I'm jealous. Yeah, I'm very jealous. No, I, I I wouldn't recommend it personally. It's a very high stress um, environment. You know, some of my friends went to prison, and, and others even worse. And there's uh, the consequences are just so huge. But I know now, looking back, that those experiences they taught me a lot about what I do want and what I don't want. And I definitely. Uh, I've not been in a, a physical fight now since, for uh, almost eight years. It was the last time I, I threw a punch in anger. And I'm so glad I've had this spiritual awakening and this evolution and now have found this more peaceful version of myself that uh, has found a way to build genuine businesses that actually help people. Because drugs make you feel good for a short time, but they also can ruin people's lives. And, and I know... I've had to do a lot of inner work around that because I have genuinely caused people a lot of pain with those decisions I made in the past. You're quite good at ironing. You're quite a domestic worker as well, aren't you? Weren't you in those younger years? No, I was never good at the ironing. I was never good at that, but I, um, I did start an ironing business when I was in university. My, uh, my uncle and auntie, 
they have this ironing company. It's, it's great. You know, they pick it up, they do it for you and they drop it off the next day. It was fantastic. And so, uh, I studied entrepreneurship at university. So I set up that business and that was a, a really special time for me to have a shop, have these people working for me, doing the ironing and deliveries. And, uh, I remember I was in a, a nightclub. I was only around like 20 or something. And this woman came up to me. He was in her f- late thirties, maybe forties. And she's like telling everyone, this is my boss. This is my boss. And I'm 20 years old, you know, and everyone's like, what, how can he be your boss? And she starts telling him, yeah, he has his own business. And I was like, it was such a good feeling for me to, to have that. My ego loved it. I, uh, I'm very grateful for those experiences. And, and since then I've just been on this, this path to, to build businesses. I think it's the way to create freedom, right? To create enterprises and take an idea and make it into something real. Luke, this time is, is ticking pretty fast. We've got um, Andrew Murray waiting to ask you a question, have a chat with you. So we'll have a chat with Andrew after your first song. And your first song? And the reasons uh, for it? Yeah, I, I've played i I've got a couple of songs lined up. Um, I believe my wife is going to come on later, and so there's a special song I've got lined up for my, for my wife as well. Um, and th- this a big part of my life now, Hugh, is... Um, I'm a human rights activist. I'm also an animal rights activist. And so what that means is I, uh, I dedicate myself to raising awareness about some of these real big issues that are on our planet. And I know you're, in, you're well aware of uh, a lot of the shadows that are going on on our planet too. And so I didn't used to care about that stuff. I was very selfish. And in 2016, I had this big spiritual awakening and I realized that my actions have consequences and I realized that I can really help people. And so this song I have uh, lined up is by a, an amazing lady called Carrie Tree. It's called The Water Song. And um, it's a beautiful song that is all about how we can take care of our planet better. And since having my daughter, this has been an even bigger passion of mine that we must take care of our planet. We must stop consuming in the way that we are and and producing in the way that we are and being so reckless and thoughtless about it. There's a, I did this two week protest in September last, last year. And there was a statistic at the time, which came out in uh, 2016, that in the UK, uh, less than 14% of the rivers in the UK had safe water to drink. And then in 2020, so this was around September, October time, the new statistics came out in the UK. This is from a European commission who did a study of the rivers in England. There are now 0% of the rivers in England that have safe water to drink. 0%. And if you can imagine, if you think about, if you've ever been to London and you imagine the River Thames, would you drink out of that? <laughs> Absolutely not, right? Yeah. And if you think about uh, any river next to you, your local river, would you go and, and drink from that? Because these animals, these trees, they have no choice. That's literally, they have to drink from the River Thames. Mm-hmm. It's the same here with, the, uh, with South Africa. Uh, for the listeners who don't know, we're, we're divided between the UK and South Africa. Same here. But we've got mountains here, a lot of mountains, and, and what we have, we're blessed with mountain springs and water retained in the mountains. So we're very lucky in that sense. 
let's play your first song yeah yeah right. so if everyone opens your hearts open your ears this is a really beautiful song it's called the water song and it uh, can hopefully inspire us all to just think about the world in a slightly different way
Well, that's uh, one of uh, Luke's favourite. He's got many favourites. Yeah, um, I think we I think we had a slight a slight technical challenge in there. So the song that was um, was just played was actually called uh, "Songbird" by Eva Cassidy. So that's the my mine and my wife's uh, first dance song from our wedding. And um, yeah, really, you're not together, Luke. Then you could have a dance now to actually formalise the handover to Mia because Mia's going to now take over the host. Hi, Mia. <laughs> Hello, everybody. How are we doing? Over to Thank you, you for having me, Hugh and Luke. Um, yeah, sorry I couldn't hop in earlier on. I was feeding our baby. Um, we've got a beautiful seven-month-old. Oh, my gosh, she's seven months old today. Luke. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Ah! Um, yeah, so we've got a beautiful seven-month-old daughter called Nura, who is the light of our lives. And we spoke about her a lot before we called her into existence, isn't it, Luke? We used to talk about what being parents would be like when we first got together, what this journey would take, what path it would take us down. And I couldn't have anticipated the past few years. And obviously our journey is beautiful. But since I met Luke, just seeing the growth and the change in him and how much he's grown and the man he's become, the husband he is, the father he is, um, has it's he really told beautiful. you it's one of six, Mia? Has he told you what? Has he let you know it's one of six? It's the first of six? We, first talk- of six what? Children. children. Oh, six. oh children. It. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I don't mind. I like children. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah, so we, we, have have a, we, we have a loose plan. We have a loose plan to have three biological children and three adopted children is, is what yeah, we're aiming for. Yeah. I really want to adopt and... Yeah, I feel like there's so many kids in the world who need homes and if we can love them, then that's all that matters, right? Um, Yeah, so on to Luke. I met Luke in 2015 and when I met him, he was the serious boss energy, like corporate guy who it would take a lot to get him to laugh when he wasn't drunk. Oh, to get him. I met him in a KFC. We were at a um, public speaking event, and there was the lunch break. And I was with a group of people who I met at the event. And he comes in in a suit and asks if he can sit with us. Um, but when we first met, we didn't really speak much, and he was too formal. So he took my LinkedIn details. He didn't ask for my number. He didn't ask for my Facebook. He didn't anything. He just wanted my LinkedIn. That That's how you do it, guys. If you're wondering how, <laughs> how you pick up a wife, okay, get their LinkedIn. LinkedIn. But he was serious. And it took a long time, I feel, for him to loosen up into the person he is now. He had this hard exterior where I feel like he was afraid to let people in because he didn't want to be hurt. And the only time he would let loose was when he was under the influence of something, whether it was alcohol or drugs or whatever. And so a month after we first met, we both signed on to the follow-up from that course, The Upsell, which was a three-day public speaking event in Milton Keynes. And we were staying at the same hotel and we just got to really know each other. And we both cried so much and I know for me that's when I realized that I loved him and it was weird because I'd only known him for 
so long and it was so cheesy. We were, our friends dropped me off at the station. He was driving back to Newcastle and I started crying at the train station because I didn't want to leave him. And from there on out, we just became best friends and shared everything, the highs and the lows. We'd speak every day on the phone for hours, message all day, just really got to know each other as best friends. Um, and seeing Luke grow, like we would stay up on the phone all the time talking about our breakthroughs, our breakdowns and traumas that were coming up for us, our childhoods. And for me, a story that really captured his essence was, I think he might have shared it with you guys, I'm not sure, but he must have been around five years old and his mum didn't have much money. And they were driving by, driving past a McDonald's and his brother really wanted a McDonald's. And his mum only had enough money to pay for one McDonald's. And so he sacrificed what he wanted as a kid so that his brother could have what he wanted. And I yeah. thought that that was a really, when I heard that story first, when he first met, it just showed me the kind of person he was and the person he had the ability and the capacity to be if he softened up. And now he's the softest, kindest, most silly person I've ever met. Yeah, my yeah. mum. My mum's a, a really kind person. She's the kind of person who yeah. is so selfless, and and you know we mm-hmm. we um, always had money for, for for food. You know, we always ate well. We didn't have any challenges like that. But there were no. some challenges at home, and so my mum would would put herself out there, and and, mm-hmm. and so we could get what we wanted. Yeah. And I, I was just always very conscious that. I didn't want my mom to cry. I didn't want my mom to be upset. And I saw that oftentimes money made that happen. And it created this, this desire in me to be successful. And I think I, I, at some point associated being successful with being, with being Mm. businessy and serious. And, (laughs) and I I realized after I met my wife, that that wasn't what being successful was about at all. Luke, should we bring Andrew? Which is interesting because when, over the, Oh, sorry. Sorry, yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. We bring Andrew here so you can mutually share that uh, transition. So, so we have my best man from my wedding and, and one of my absolute best friends, uh, Andrew Murray, uh, here on the show. I don't know what he's going to say. He's going to share something, mm-hmm. hopefully reasonably PG. And I, I don't know if we, what we're allowed to share on the radio, but <laughs> I think he can share anything really. Yeah, I, I needed to check that first, um, <laughs> just in case it was a um, eighteen and over show. <laughs> yeah. So, so Luke and I, um, we we met back like 2011, 2012 um, at a big uh, IT company, and uh, at the time, um, Luke had joined. I think just before joined the team, just before I was, I might have been on holiday or something. So. All of a sudden, I come back and my my kind of co-workers were saying, oh, the new guy in the team, you're going to hate him. Like, you're going <laughs> to clap. It's going to be like fireworks and all this stuff. And I was like, what? Like, who is this guy? He must, he must be a right douche. Um, but then um, I kind of got to, I think we had lunch together or something. And like, it just, yeah, just we just got on. And like, the more, we, the more time we spent together, the more I think we realized we were really similar. Um, 
back in the in the days in the, in that company's um, like it's Sage um, talking about here. So back in the Sage days, um, yeah, we uh, we were kind of there was a, a kind a kind of a phrase which was being knocked around um, in in a, in a light-hearted sense called bad men. So we were often described as a, a bad man or bad men if we were together because we liked women and we liked drugs and we were a bit naughty. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, we ended up just kind of hitting it off. <laughs> a and, bit naughty is an understatement. A bit naughty is an understatement. <laughs> yeah, it's a PG show of me, so that's why I'm... Uh... <laughs> so yeah, we, we, were, we were quite naughty, but... Um, yeah, it, it was fun. We we really did hit it off. Um, we even started a business together. So the entrepreneurial side of Luke and, and myself, we uh, we created a solar panel business, which um, looked like it had amazing potential. But um, sadly, there was a few government um, legislative changes came in, and that particular industry kind of it it it, it wasn't as lucrative as it once would have been. Um, but then at that point, we were just kind of doing everything together, going out clubbing, started going on holidays together, going to the gym together. And we just, yeah, we just clicked. Um, there was there was a chemistry there. And um, that just kind of continued, I think, just joining when, when Mia kind of came into Luke's life. He was Mr. Corporate. Um, it was all about kind of business and how we can earn the most amount of money. Um and then I kind of stayed in that world um, where Luke kind of took took a kind of uh, a different path um, around 2016. He had his spiritual awakening. Um, and I was really curious. I, I was all of a sudden seeing the Luke that I knew um, and was, was a bit wild with all of a sudden change and become this kind of really conscious um, spiritual being. And... Uh, it was it was beautiful to to watch. Um, it, it was a bit surreal, a bit weird, because obviously it was kind of old Luke and new Luke. But I, I loved new Luke just as much. Um, and then eventually, um, four years after, I, I joined him on the spiritual path, and we're kind of back on the exact same page again. Oh well, <laughs> go on, Luke. Tell us about that spiritual moment, that transition. That's quite an important part of your life. It was it was a huge part of my life. I, I lived in Newcastle. That's where I met Andrew. And in Newcastle, it's everything's just about football and beer and girls. Basically, that was that was our life, and it was very shallow. I think a lot of the friendships we had, you just go and watch the match, and and there's not much depth to it. I'd never heard of the concept of meditation or anything before, and just alien. But then I moved to London. Because I, I, after the personal development event where I met my wife, I just realized how shallow my existence was. And my, my wife really cracked my heart open and, and got me to feel more. And when I moved to London, I met all these people who were actually genuinely happy. And that was different because I hadn't met many of those people before. And these people who were genuinely happy, they had this connection to what they call God or the universe or source. And, and they said that they loved God. And that was just so different from my upbringing because I was uh, raised in a, a, a town where people feared God. God was someone who would smite you if you didn't go to church on a Sunday. Right? <laughs> I just didn't resonate with that. But in, in 2016, I, I was out in Vietnam. I'd just done my first international speaking gig. So I was like really on a high. I spoke at this event with 500 people. I was like 
yeah, it's just so aligned and connected and I've been working really hard for it. And then I was by the pool and I, I did this meditation that my friend sent me over and it was called uh, guardian angel MP3. And I, I didn't believe in angels. I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in any of that. I was pure science. Hugh. It had to be logic. It had to just make sense. And none of that made sense, but I was open and you know, there's the right timing. So I did this meditation. It was about 30 minutes and, uh, you have your eyes closed and you visualize and you like bring light into your body. And it was aligning something called chakras. And I didn't know what chakras were, but it felt kind of good. So I just, just went with it and it was, it was pretty nice. And then, um, they get you to meet this angel and, and I met this angel and he was real. I had my eyes closed, but I could see him. I could talk to him. I could feel him. He was real. He could talk to me and it was like nothing I'd ever imagined before in my life. So to me, it was real. And um, ever since that day, I've, I've had this connection to this thing I call source or God or the universe or whatever you want to call it. And I can get these downloads. I can ask questions. I get answers. I get premonitions. They activated my psychic gifts and abilities. I can, I can help people with physical or mental ailments and help them to get better. And uh, my life is like a science fiction movie now, and it's wonderful. Amazing, mate. Absolutely. There's some questions coming in for you, Luke. Uh, Jenga, uh, our secret DJ behind the scenes, does a fantastic job for us as coordinating our audio today. Jenga, have you got some questions coming in? Hi, guys. Yes. First question is from Kath. I will play that to you now. Hey, uh, Luke, it's Kath Temple. I loved your show last week and looking forward to listening to it today as well. What's your dream? What's your dream for our world? How would you like the world to be? Is your dream for where you are and what you're doing right now in your life a dream for the rest of the world? Or is it something different? If you ruled the world, what changes would you make? <laughs> Enjoy your show. <laughs> Thanks, Kath. If you ask, if you ask our daughter what she imagines the world would be like, she'd just say more boobies. Yeah, so simple. Our, our, daughter, our daughter wants a world where everyone can have access to as many boobies as they want. So they can they can drink all the milk they need. Uh, yeah, wonderful question. I kindness, just kindness, is just a huge thing for me, Kath. I I want the world to be kind. I want us to be kind to each other. I want us to be kind to animals. I want us to be kind to our planet. I want us to really uh just be aware of the consequences of our actions and and i have my daughter is you know in a few years she's going to be asking me why the world is the way it is and i want to be able to to tell her that the world is a beautiful place and that everyone cares for each other and i think we're so close every single year more and more people become vegan so we stop hurting animals they become um, more and more environmentally conscious there's more activists now on the planet than i think there's ever been and it's easier to share information than it's ever been so we're at this tipping point where these activists can really inspire the masses and obviously we had a huge year this year for people being on spiritual awakenings just realizing that the government maybe don't have our best interests at heart or that these big pharmaceutical companies maybe don't have our big interests at heart or that the the food industry maybe doesn't have our best interests at heart maybe they just care about money or maybe a big part of what they care about is money and we're just customers and we're basically like cattle to them and i think this is a time now where we can really create this world where people 
value kindness over convenience and we start yeah. to work together instead of instead of criticizing each other and we uh, we can do this cath absolutely so that's my dream and one of the things we're doing around this is building a vegan eco village which I'm, is my favorite project I'm working on right now I want to live in a, a eco village where everybody is kind and, uh, and I think that's what I wish for the whole world that you can find this tribe of people who can support you and love you genuinely for who you are and, and have your best interests at heart mm, great I think there's some more questions there um, for Luke uh, Janga. All right. Second question is from Shelly Kim. Uh, she asks, Luke, what are the priorities in your living experience and why? Amazing. <laughs> uh, honestly, my top priority is me. Uh, my, my health, my energy, my connection. That's my absolute top priority. And nothing happens unless unless you're in a great space you know if you're sick or ill and you can't um, do anything and so that's my my top priority i'm a big health fanatic in all ways i've got a book which is with a my publisher at the moment and a, a huge part of that book is about how we can live more healthily that's physical health mental health emotional health and spiritual and then second priority is, is my wife and my daughter they uh they're my everything so uh, everything I do is, is basically for, for me and for them and just so we can be happy. And having a daughter was just the biggest bolt of inspiration ever. It really, really was. And uh, another big priority for me is, is God. Um, my intention in this lifetime is just to be a vessel for the divine will. I, I, I could never have conceived my life would be as amazing as it is now, like traveling all around the world, speaking at events, mentoring people, doing radio, TV shows, and uh, all of this kind of stuff. It's just beyond me. And I think if we, if we try and be in control, often we're going to limit ourselves. So I just, mm. my intention is just to be so open to whatever is, is here. And I'm blessed to see these visions of the future. And I've seen some absolutely insane visions of us doing sold out stadium arena tours. <laughs> and um, if that, and being a rock star, uh, so I do singing and spoken word and uh, performances as well. And if that's in my future, I'm very open to you know, standing in the O2 arena in front of 20,000 people and, and sharing my songs and my speeches. It would be a really wonderful thing. We haven't touched on your current life at all, or your professional life. Luke, we've, we're running out of time as I knew we would and there's some more questions waiting could you just uh, I know it's very difficult to, to capture that in, in, in short but can you give us a few minutes of where you are in your life now your professional life and then we'll, let, we'll cl close on these questions and your, and your final song absolutely so I, I started a company called the Standout Speakers Academy which is a public speaking academy but a spiritual public speaking academy and so we teach people how to speak from their soul and I, I found that was really missing in a lot of these public speaking trainings is a lot about learning scripts rather than really sharing your truth and my book is called find your truth and truth is just so important to me but most people are too scared to even share their truth with their family they, they keep so many secrets and i hope we can eradicate that from the world really soon where we don't have to hide anymore and so that's that's one of my my favorite things to do i love making people feel uncomfortable. So I, I had a beautiful mentorship session with one of my mentees yesterday. And it's just such a pleasure and honor to be able to help people 
changed their whole life. I can't think of anything I would want to do more. I used to do it uh, for free when I was a teenager and in my 20s. And I was always the person people would confide in and go to. But now I figured out you can be a coach, you can be a mentor, you can actually make a living out of that and, and be really happy. And uh, so that's one thing. And then the other thing I do is my activism. And I also have a company called the Academy of Conscious Sexuality. And this is a really fun project. We're working on creating an online course at the moment to uh, teach conscious sexual and relationships education in schools and, and help children to understand how to have real relationships, how to create intimacy, how to be in touch with their emotions, because that's something that is just missing in our school system at the moment. It's, it's not like that. You just talk about the physical side of sex and, and almost nothing about relationships or communication or any of that stuff. And so this is one of my big passions is to, uh, we ran a retreat a couple of years ago and it was a nudist retreat. So we got this amazing group of people who had loads of hangups about sex and they wanted to be more sexually fulfilled. They wanted to be more happy in their life. And we, uh, we got together in Essex in this beautiful uh, resort and spent a week just unpacking what their shame and guilt was and getting comfortable being naked and I think this is a, a big, another thing we can bring to the world is getting rid of shame and guilt around our bodies and around our desires. It's, it's, it's shocking how uh, humans have been tamed and domesticated the way we have from birth. You know, we're told to, to be small, be quiet, be still, you know, don't make too much fuss. And I think that's absolute nonsense. And I will not be teaching my daughter any of those things. <laughs> She's a free spirit. She's a free spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful stuff, mate. There's, there's, we've got a little bit of time. I, I think uh, you've got a song to finish on. There's another song which you told me about, and, and uh, was "Hero" uh, by Mike Carey. And there's a nice story behind that. Um, would have been yeah. nice to play. But I think we're running out of time to, to play that. But the story behind that um, uh, was was inspiring, Luke. Just yeah, we, we can we can talk about that for sure. So music's always been a huge part of my life, and it's. It's, it's like an escape, isn't it? You can go, you can put your headphones in and you can get away from the world, from the craziness in your life. And, and I've always done that. And me and Andrew, we, we, a big part of our relationship was going to these big uh, trance events. We followed different DJs all around the world. And uh, I just love that, that experience. And um, when I was in the, the psychiatric institution when I was 10, that was a, a, a big shaping moment in my life, a huge trauma. And, and um, they had these guys, these who would wear white and if you misbehaved they would basically just pin you down on the floor that was their way of like calming you down they would just pin you down on the floor it doesn't matter how much you kick or scream or resist they would just sit on you until you stopped and you kind of learn after a while to just play the game and just go floppy and then and then they get off you faster right? <laughs> but uh when you're when you're worked up that's not necessarily the case and so I was in this, this institution and I was in bed and I was so upset. I was just crying, crying, crying. I had the covers over me. I was just crying, crying, crying. And then on the radio, this song came on, which was Mariah Carey, Hero. And it was just, was just speaking to me. It's all about how this uh, hero is going to come along and give you the strength to carry on. But then you realize that the hero is in you and, and um, if you if you listen to the lyrics of the song, it's a, a real beautiful um, intention behind it, and I, I guess it 
I still listen to the song now and it still makes me cry. I have a playlist on Spotify called Songs That Make Me Cry. And uh, that's one of them because it, it can still touch this part of me and take me right back there. Um, and, and so with music, that's one of my gifts I love. I love to share. And it was a very intimate thing sharing your playlist to you. I don't know if you had this or if anyone else had this. When you, uh, I used to hide my playlist. I didn't want people to go on it. And if there was a party, I had this special like party playlist, but I would never let anybody go on my general playlist because I didn't want them to hear, you know, this these songs that might come out and embarrass me. But now I play them so freely and I, I love sharing my vulnerability. But uh, it seems so... Uh, personal to me at the time. Well, yeah. I'm so blessed we've got you on Kind of Sound, Luke. It's just a joy, and, and uh, just to watch your expressions and and feel your energy, my friend, it is is magnetic for me. Um, I did ask Jenga see if you could just play a few syllable, a few beats of that song um, before we get your final questions. And is that available just to play a few beats of that, um, Jenga? Maybe it's oh, not. It'll be a short notice. Um, so there are some more questions coming in. Uh, thank you. Oh, he's got it. He's And you'll finally see the truth air uh we have a question here from ian lynch uh if i can find it uh what is your key spiritual practice luke uh the one or ones that set you up and guide your day I am very blessed uh, since i met my wife so my, my wife's a pakistani and her family are, are muslim and um since uh, meeting my wife, I've learned so much about Islam. And one of the things they do in Islam, which is really beautiful, is these things called du'as, which is basically these these prayers. So you you pray when you go to the toilet, and you pray when you drink water, and you pray when you leave the house, and you do a prayer when you get in the car. And when I when I met my my wife's mom, and I told her, "Wow, like that's so interesting," because that's exactly what I do. So when I drink water, I'm saying thank you and I love you and just. Thank you so much. And I'm feeling gratitude for the water. And when you spend money, you just say thank you. Like, this is so amazing. I just love this energy and I'm so grateful for you. And before you go to bed at night, just say thank you for everything that's happened today and bless the people in your life who you care about and just send them a little bit of love. And when you wake up in the morning, just say thank you and just feel how amazing it is that you get to spend another day creating and manifesting and exploring yourself and the world. And that's, that's been one of my best practices. So I, 
uh, some people only pray maybe once a day, but I'm I'm praying all the time. I'm constantly just saying thank you, and it's the best prayer. And I can invite that practice for for all of you when you eat your food, especially. Just take a minute before you eat. Just bless your food. Just send it love. Say thank you, and just feel what had to happen for that food to get there. And this was a big reason why I became an animal rights activist. I, I couldn't eat meat anymore after I started just really connecting with the energy of the meat. It felt so sick and so sad and tr full of trauma. I just couldn't eat it anymore. And if people started to just tune in more, like, does your body really want this? Is that alcohol really good for you? Does he really want that cigarette? Do you really want, uh, I, uh, I made an error yesterday. I'll, I'll, I'll share my, my uh, errors as well. I ate a full packet of these salt and vinegar crisps because I, I enjoy the taste of them. But then after I ate them, I felt bad for hours because it was just too much salt. And did my body really want that or did I just give in to my ego because it enjoys the taste of them? I could have just had a few bites, you know, but I had the full bag and then that was me feeling really bad for the for hours. Even in, in the evening, wasn't it, babe? I was still feeling bad because I ate this. Yeah. This bag you of crisps. You were itchy, weren't you? You felt quite itchy and hot. This is how sensitive your body is. Your body is like a chemistry set and we just need to tune in and, and take care of it more. Cool. We have a question here from Joe. Luke. Hi, Luke. It's Joe Ingle here. My question to you today is How do you understand the balance or maybe the difference between your own efforts and the divine input and guidance in your life? Thank you so much for your amazing input. Loving it. Joe, that is a beautiful question. And this is a big uh, controversial topic for some people because I don't believe that there is any difference between me and the divine. I believe we are one and the same. I believe there's just one energy on this planet. There is just one energy and we are all a part of it. It's like looking at the ocean and you see the individual waves. We're all just waves on this ocean of consciousness. And so you are God to me. When you speak, that is God speaking. When, when my wife speaks, that's God speaking. When Hugh speaks, it's God speaking. And if we can understand this, that there's nothing you can do that's not divine. Everything that you do is divine. And so just learn to accept yourself as that. It really is a big transformation that you can have in your life. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, when I personally am tuned in and connected, I can really feel this divine energy come through me. And when I'm disconnected, I can just feel that something just doesn't feel right. And then it's an invitation just to get connected again, get grounded with the earth, connect with the earth, connect with your highest self, whatever you believe that is, and get back into this place of alignment. But whatever you do is perfect. It's going to get you to the same place. You're going to get where you need to go. It's just one journey might be really loving and have lots of high vibrational amazing things and that's the, the path of alignment and one path might just be a bit more challenging and uh, low vibrational and have more fear and not nice things in it and you can choose which path you want to take it's up to you and the way you choose is by tuning into your, your feelings your emotions mm. thanks luke giles asks where can we find out more about luke scott the first and second 
<laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> you can you can go on my YouTube channel if you'd like to, and there's a, a, a right at the top. There's a video where I explain all about my journey with becoming Luke Scott the Third. But I changed my name a couple of years ago to Luke Scott the Third um, because your name is a vibration, and uh, the vibration of your name. If you believe this, it sets your path for your life. And so you can do these, this uh, study based on your name and it gives you your soul, plan, your soul plan. And I've had such a big evolution in myself. And I feel like this is the third evolution of me. This is where I've really combined the, the corporate, the business, the spiritual, and together as this amazing, complete whole being, this third evolution. And so that's, that's the short version. Um, but the vibration of Luke Scott the third is, is very wonderful. It makes me happy to introduce myself as that. It makes me feel good. And it's, um, I think we, we're so able to just transform ourselves just based on the words that we say your words are spells and whatever you put after the words i am becomes your reality so we need to be extra conscious of whatever we say so i am luke scott the third makes me feel happy brilliant luke thanks we're running out of time thanks Django, for that and uh, thanks everybody it's your last moment to pay a tribute to uh, to luke if anybody would like to say something in in conclusion Mine is uh, thank you for being part of Conscious Sound, Luke, and look forward to a, a future together. So thank you and God bless you. Thank you. And uh, over to Luke, anybody else who wants to pay tribute. Luke, could you put your cup up for a second? I want to explain the story behind it. So, Luke, do you want to say what that is? And I'll explain why that is so important. Uh, it's, the, it's from my favorite ever cartoons called Dragon Ball Z. I'm a big kid. I love cartoons. One of wife. the things that... <laughs> One of the things about Luke that I think a lot of people may or may not know is that he's a big kid. And that's one of my favorite things about him is when he's in a room with kids, he is the kid. <laughs> and he loves cartoons. He loves chocolate milk with Cocoa Pops. And that's one of his favorite things. He'll be sitting there eating, having chocolate cereal with chocolate milk. Vegan Cocoa Pops. Oh, vegan yeah, Cocoa Pops. Vegan Cocoa Pops and vegan chocolate milk. And... <laughs> oh, yeah. I think a lot of people <laughs> I think a lot of people as they get older they lose that innocence and they lose that childlike essence of them yeah. and one of the things I've seen Luke grow into more as he's gotten older is become more of a child and I think that's one of the reasons why he's able to be happy so often is because he lives life like a child like when he's with our baby okay. he's a child and yeah. I think uh, more people should be like yeah. that and it's That's one of my favourite things about Luke. Thank you yeah. very much. Andy, have you got any quick snappy thing to finish on? Um, yeah, yeah. Just uh, keep keep doing what you're doing, Luke. Um, I'm proud of I'm proud of you. I'm proud to be your best mate. And uh, yeah, I think you're, you're making a difference in the world. So keep it up, mate. Yeah, over to you, Jenga. Thank you very much, everyone. Contribute out. Yeah, and I would just really encourage everyone, go and look up. I know we didn't get a chance to play it. Um, Carrie Tree, C-A-R-R-I-E-T-R-E-E, -E -E, Carrie Tree, the water song. It's an absolutely life-changing song. And um, let us know how you find it as well. Thank you. I'm in the wildlands of Ireland. An old ancient town Where our grandfathers would have Drunk fresh from the well 
virus of all greed is now reaching the edge. Oh, if we're not so careful, there'll be no wild places left. And grandfather warns us of the red in the sky. We keep on consuming with our insane denial. I don't mean to sound tragic. I don't mean to bring you down. But there are oceans of tears to be cried for the waste of this land. Where do we come from? And where would you flee if we kill all the sweet water and there's just angry dead sea? How would we ever grieve this? Oh, I need to hear you cry. Would you notice all the rivers had died? Oh, who would tell our children what on earth would we say? No, we can't drink or swim in any water in this world. Make a prayer and I stand for all the water in this world. Oh, I will protect you. May I somehow not forsake you. I fell asleep at the wheel. I got severed from truth, but I pray we're waking up in time. Pray we're waking up in time. Don't we know this yet? Earth is our body, as water is our blood. Don't we know this yet? Earth is our bodies, as water is our blood. Earth is my body, is water is my blood. Mm, I know this now. Earth is my body, is water.